1: And now, before the next program, here is a warning to shipping. Look out, shipping! (laughs) And now, before the next program, we still have 15 seconds left, so that's just time to pay you three new LPs. The Wit of Jimmy Young, the complete Tony Blackburn gag book, and 16 hilarious cricketing stories read by members of the MCC, including Ian Smith, Spiro Agnew, and Adolf Hitler. All these are now available on two-inch short-playing records guaranteed to make your party go up. And now, before the next program, which is the 10 o'clock music, here is some light orchestral news. The Prime Minister said today in Parliament... <laughs> All right! All right already, put your hands up! Oh, not up there! Nobody...
2: <laughs>
1: nobody move! This is a hijack. Hi, Jack. Hello, Fred. All right, cut the jokes. Don't worry, they will. And keep your hands above your waist. I don't want any of that, Brooke Taylor. Right now. Take this studio to Cuba. What? We're claiming the station on behalf of the Radio Prune People's Democratic full popular frontal radio. Nobody will get hurt as long as Broadcasting House Touches down at Havana Airport by tea time already. <laughs> Don't look so worried. I'm only joking. <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, in case you hadn't already guessed, those wacky, zany, cookie, fun-loving lads and alas <laughs> are back again with another session of mild undergraduate humour. Yes, folks, it's I'm sorry, I'll... <laughs> stop it, stop it. Hold everything.
3: I said
2: not that. <laughs> what do you think you're
1: doing? This is the Director General of the BBC Radio speaking. This is the Director General of BBC Radio speaking. told you so. Now, you just can't come sneaking back on my radio station like that. Where have you all been for the past year? Come on, where have you been? Uh, We've we've been been doing doing television. Television? Television! What television? television? Uh, (laughs) Well, sir, it's a sort of radio with pictures, sir. Rubbish. It'll never catch on. <laughs> <laughs> Sir, Sir, we've, been, we've, been, we've been doing the goodies, good flying up <laughs> <laughs> And the
3: wives of Henry VIII. What? <laughs> never heard of
1: them. Never heard of them, they sound silly. <laughs> silly! Now, oh, come on, confess. You've been earning money, haven't you? Haven't you, yeah? Yes, sir. Yes, sir yes. I thought so. Aren't you ashamed of yourselves? Yes, sir. No, we're no. ashamed of Well, don't you come crawling back to me. I've said it before. People who want to earn money have no place on BBC Radio. <laughs> there were once some chaps who did a program called The Goon Show, you know. They started wanting to earn money, and they've never worked for radio since. <laughs> but we only want to do one little show. No. No, you'll never work for radio again. Never. What do you say to that? <laughs> all right, shut up. All right. There will now be a repeat of Mrs. Dale's diary. No, no. Not now. Please, kind sir, let us do just one little show for old time's sake. Mrs. S. We promised not to mention Tony Blackburn. Mm. Who? Tony Blackburn. No, you promised not to mention him. Sorry. <laughs> we we'll take a cut in salary. We'll work for five pounds less. Mm. Five pounds less? Ah, that means you'll all pay me two pounds then.
2: <laughs> Anything. Just
1: let us do our humble. Little show. Well, can you remember how to make a radio audience laugh? Yes yes, 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 I'm sure we can do it. All right, you can do the show if you can make them laugh in five seconds, starting from now. Five, four, three, two, one. Nickers. No, 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 that's no good. It's got to be clean. Clean Nickers. Oh, no. All right. <laughs> Fair enough. You can do it. <laughs> hey. Okay, here we go, chaps. Play the signature tune. <laughs> last after all these years, the strain of the Angus Prune tune proves too much for Dave Lee and the boys. <laughs> boys, yeah. <laughs> As Taylor, John Cleese, Graham Garden, David Hatch, Joe Ken, and Billotti bring you a little seasonal cheer. Hooray!
0: <laughs>
1: In a special New Year edition of It's I'm Sorry, I'll Read That Again. Ah, again! <laughs>
3: And gentlemen, unless you have a better name for yourself, oh, yeah. for the first and only time we bring you 45 minutes of 1971 style full frontal radio.
1: Full frontal radio, everybody should tune into it. Full frontal radio, coming on radio, prune like off your coat. <laughs> That's what it's all about. <laughs> Take off your pants. Let it all hang out. Woo! Full frontal radio, coming on Radio Prune. Well, folks, in 1970, we went full frontal. Now in 1971, Radio Prune brings you full frontal radio in drag, featuring the news in briefs. Lift up your skirts and new panel games, many a gym slip, compared by Nicholas Parsons and more of the biggest drags in show business. It's all here on Full Frontal Radio. With drags. On radio. As we stand here on the threshold of 1971, Let us turn round and see what is behind us. (laughs) Don't do that!
3: The team of I'm sorry, I'll read that again, have been at it for seven years now. And they've been doing the programme for a long time.
1: Through seven years and nine series, we have sweated and toiled to write and perform over 50 hours of material. And always we have striven to make it ever-fresh, subtle and sophisticated. <laughs> and yet, even now, people stop us in the street and say, when's Spot coming back? Or... Or even do your grimbling voice. It makes you sick. <laughs> you rabble don't care about the clever stuff. All you want are these inane catchphrases. Right, you can have them. Here they come. A the whole putrid life Thank you, John please. <laughs> In 1965, we brought you... Ferrets. <laughs> In 1966... How did you do, dear, honey? 1967. Four? <laughs> In 1968... Sixty-nine, Gibbons. Ah! In 1970. OBE. Oh, ah! Right, that's that lot done with. It's like feeding time at the zoo. <laughs> now, did any of you spot... What? You? Shut up! Ah! Did any of you notice the deliberate emission? Yes! Yes, I did. Uh, brooke taylor speaking. Um, <laughs> brooke taylor I'm the one who does Lady...
2: <laughs> that
1: was the clue. <laughs> she may be on later, if he pays up.
2: <laughs> we are
1: now going to relive one of the highlights of 1970. So over to the Royal Albert Hall, where the Miss World contest is nearing its final stooges. <clears throat> <laughs> Welcome to the Royal Albert Hall, where the audience are getting really excited. It's certainly going to be difficult to decide between these many girls. They all look exactly the same. (laughs) Many people call the Miss World Contest a cattle show. It's a cattle show! Is it a cattle show? Well, judge for yourselves as the lovelies are led out onto the stage. Go on, giddy up there now. Get along there. (laughs) Come on, that's where you doze the animals. Don't you do that in the orchestra pit, my dear. (laughs) Now, keep on going. You won't get no hay. No. Don't answer back either. Now the contestants are led back into their stalls for a well-earned rubdown and a bucket of water. We'll be seeing someone again soon when the judges have decided whom to call back for the final six. And what a difficult job the judges are going to have. There's certainly worth six I'd like to see again. In a few moments, we'll have Bob Hope to entertain you, but at the moment, the giant cranes are having some difficulty lowering his cue cards from the ceiling. We're also looking forward to an impressive display of old-time demonstrating from the Women's Liberation Formation protesting team. (laughs) But for the moment, let's see how the judging is getting on. Many people say Miss World is a fix. It's a fix! Is it a fix? (laughs) I'd say no. But if you slip me five quid, I'd say yes. <laughs> anyway, without further ado, let's meet the carefully rigged... Selected. Selected panel of utterly impartial international judges. There are eight in all, and so as not to prejudice the judging, they do not reveal which country they come from. Let's meet them.
3: Judge number one.
1: Good evening. Long live Heligoland. <laughs> number two. Hello. Long live Heligoland. <laughs> number three. Howdy do. Long live Heligoland. <laughs> number four. Long live Heligoland! Five, six, seven, eight! Long live Heligoland! Well, those are the judges. They are, in fact, the Prime Minister of Heligoland and his Cabinet. They are. They very generously stepped in at short notice since Katie Boyle, Peter Dimmock, and the rest are unfortunately tied up in the. in the Heligoland Embassy. <coughs> anyway, if we creep behind the scenes to see how the judging is getting on, we'll find that they are very rapidly choosing the contestants for the final round and putting the others out of their misery. <laughs> Well, it's kinder to them, really.
2: <laughs>
1: and now we go. The judges have decided on the final six, and they are... Number two. Miss South Heligoland. Number six. Miss Heligoland South. Number 12. Miss
3: North Heligoland. Number 24. Miss East Heligoland. Number 32. Miss West Heligoland.
1: Number 57. Miss all the other bits of Heligoland. Well, this means that the whole of the female population of Heligoland has reached the final stage. <laughs> Any minute now, we should have the winner, and it is... This year's Miss World is Miss Heligoland South. Well, I'm sure everyone here agrees with that decision. (laughs) Though I suppose we may get a little of the usual controversy, since it is a fact that this year's Miss World is the niece of one of the judges. The daughter of another, married to another, the mother of two of them, and (laughs) is giving French lessons to the other three. (laughs) However, she's really looking starry-eyed as last year's winner comes forward and crowns her. (laughs) Typical of the spirit of the girls in this contest that Miss England has come forward to Miss Heligoland and put her arms round her neck. (laughs) And so, as a fitting climax to this annual cavalcade of beauty, let's take one last look at this sparkling line of lovelies. Yes, here they are. Lionel and his boys to sing their tribute to Lay Girls. Come on, come on, come on, lads. Are you ready? Yeah. <laughs> John, John, straighten you tight. Whoops, who oh, damn, I got a ladder. Oh, let me climb up it. Cheeky cat. Oh, now yeah, that's enough. It's nothing now. Yeah. Come on. Butch voices, right? Right, boys. Smart face. One, two, three. There you go. Just show us the way to. There go. Hair on my chest I got my hat Got my cane And a pink woolly vest <laughs> I'm simply astounding girls. I'm completely surrounded by Dimpled cheeks and beautiful curls girl. Legos girls. I'm as butch as the next man I'm the next man girls. Oh, that's what they call a girls.
2: Gentleman's chorus.
1: I love the way they wiggle Love their big blue eyes I love their loca dresses Oh, just my son Legos, Legos. I want to kiss them quick Legos. Legos I think I'm going to be sick <laughs> Give me diamonds, rubies and pearls And me Legos Legos a lot of things you never knew you could do if You'll only let a woman get a hold of you Boy, she'll make you a man Will she make me one, too? Legos, Legos, Legos.
2: Legos.
1: All right, all right, all right Director General here again we don't want any Nancy Poulter nonsense on the BBC. No, let's, let's have some nice seasonal entertainment. How about some jolly Christmassy songs? There? It's not too late for those.
3: Did you realize that many of the Christmas songs we know today began life as bawdy yuletide ballads? Never,
1: never. You're leading to a sketch.
3: Never. <laughs> Here are some of the original versions. The offending words, or good bits, have, of course, been deleted. Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer <laughs> Very shiny if you
2: ever saw it, you would
1: even say all of the other reindeer used to laugh and call him they never let ball.
2: Christmas is me too <laughs> Me too <laughs> yeah, if I could only have me too Then I could Chestnuts roasting on an open fire Jack Frost nipping at your... N-
1: 1971, let us pause to remember the year gone by. Um, 1970? Correct. Radio Prune now brings you a retrospect of 1970. (laughs) The year began the way we all expected it to, with January.
3: 1970
1: was a great year for BBC Radio.
3: It is now estimated that by the end of this year there will be 437 local radio stations, two or three of which can be picked up by any member of the general public using a code breaker and a 20-foot radar scanner. The...
1: The latest local radio station to be opened is on the island of Skerry in the Outer Hebrides and will serve a population of 10,000 seabirds, four seals and a (laughs) vole. The three-man team of Radio Skerry are the first people to inhabit the island since it was joined to the mainland in the early Ice Age. (laughs) But things are really swinging now! Right, now here's the schedule for this week. I'll be the newsreader uh, you be the disc jockey and you be the listener.
3: 1970 was also a great year for sport.
1: The South African cricket tour was cancelled and cricket fans had their happiest summer for years. <laughs> they didn't have to watch any boring test matches. Football, and in late spring England lost the World Cup. Many people said that a lot of bad feeling against England was caused by the way that Sir Alf Ramsey treated reporters' questions. We asked Sir Alf about this. What's it to do with you? Push off, get stuff. The Argentinians are animals. The press are liars. Nobby style is beautiful. And I, I am immortal. 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 Give me a kick, I'm sorry. Immortal. 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 Thank you. Bottle of beer. Bottle of beer. Who's the pretty boy? Bottle of beer. Who's the pretty boy? Sir Alf Ramsey will soon be retiring and taking up his old job as a speak-your-weight machine. <laughs> Late in 1970, we saw the fight of the year in the rugby league international between England and Australia. <laughs> we bring you the highlights. <laughs> oh,
2: well.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, having a bit of a bunny here, don't you? You don't what is this when he jumps on your head from six foot in the air? <laughs> oh well, he's torn his leg off, huh? <laughs> He's awfully mad now. Oh, dear. He'll be badly cucked for this. What oh, a referee. They've got a Throwing it away so they can get on with the fight. What a good idea. But above all, perhaps 1970 was a year of change, of a youth and protest, of strikes and dissension, of law and order, of sausage and mash, when young people were on the march, old people were on the defensive, and I was on the dole. <laughs> Young people had plenty to say in 1970. But if old age brings wisdom, then I'm a Cherokee Indian. Nevertheless, (laughs) let's hear the views of the older generation now appearing on The Rolf Harris Show. (laughs) The trouble with school kids today, is they don't know the meaning of the word discipline. Discipline! Discipline! does that mean? No idea, but I've seen it advertised. <laughs> Sounds fun. Anyway, when I was at school, we had to wear gowns and boards. We had to wear diving boards. We had to wear gas boards. Of course, I went to a boarding school. God, I was bored!
2: Oh,
1: oh I left school at 12, mm. and I was home by one. <laughs> I went to a mixed school. <laughs> mixed school? I went to a mixed school. Ugh. Girls, boys, rabbits, horses, <laughs> lions eaten, damn near them.
2: Uh. <laughs> And when
1: I was a uh, what? Uh, and when I was a little boy at school, I was a fat. I was a cigar. I was a dog in. I was a dog. I was a hot dog eaten, damn near them. And, <laughs> and of course, when we were at school, we didn't learn any of this protesting nonsense. No. They taught us the three. Ours. 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 And
2: silly Ars. Hurry up.
1: All these long-haired students learn about today. He's protesting about selling arms to South Africa. Arms, arms to, South to South Africa. He sold arms to South Africa. And legs to Australia. <laughs> Fingers to the lot of them.
3: Well, all good things must come to an end, but this program's going on
2: and on.
3: And at this time of year we like to relax and enjoy ourselves, for this is the season of fun, laughter,
1: and (laughs) pantomime. Yes, I'm sorry I read it again. Proudly presents its annual pantomime. And this year we bring you the most lavish and spectacular production of all. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Aladdin. Stop! Hold it! Stop!
2: Stop! 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 stop.
1: What are you doing? Who are you? I am a BBC loony. I mean, uh... Very Spokesman. Oh, what a giveaway. Oh, well, push off. No. Now, look here. We BBC executives have had a long meeting, and at the end of it, we decided we definitely would have some more coffee. But we also decided to make some sweeping changes. We decided that this year, you wouldn't be allowed to do your pantomime. Well, why not? Because we say so, and I'm not going to argue with you because I'm a very silly person. So you just carry on with the show, but no pantomime. Oh.
3: Pantomime. That's why you can't do one
1: now. If you keep on doing them, somebody might accidentally hear one, and it might make them laugh. Well, what's wrong with that? Here at the BBC, we don't like being laughed at. You want to do a pantomime? Well, you can't. Do something else. No, we're going to do a pantomime. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> well, that's your attitude, is it all right? All right. All right. <laughs> the so-called self-styled clevetic cast if I'm sorry I'll read that again if you won't do as you're told Howl how? Hey Pooh You can't frighten us ah.
2: all,
1: right. all right Carry on but no panto uh, All right You can do something serious for a change Do one of the Russian classics Chekhov And you made All right All right <laughs> We'll do a Russian classic And no Panto, remember I shall be listening. Ladies and gentlemen, Twentieth Century Playhouse presents Doctor Zhivago and his wonderful lamp. What?
2: (laughs) What Lamp? Camp? Camp?
1: uh, camp. No. uh, Tramp? 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 Yes. Doctor Zhivago and his wonderful tramp. And it's not a pantomime. No, no, nothing like it. No. Doctor Zhivago. Oh, all right, all right. <laughs> Our story begins in Russia. In a quiet Moscow suburb where the winter snow lies deep in the streets, there is a house. Surprise, surprise.
2: <laughs> and in that
1: house lives Dr. Zhivago. One evening, as he sat pensively staring out at the busy streets, he heard the bells chiming from the distant basilica. The bells seemed to speak to him across the snowy roofs. Ding, dong, the bells ring out. Two dings and one dong. Turn again, Whittington. Lord Mayor of London. Bring a pantomime again. Stop it. Oh, (sighs) Dr. Zhivago sat alone. He was in a troubled mood. There was unrest in Russia, and Lara, his faithful sweetheart, had left Moscow. Where was she now, he wondered, and a melancholy passion stirred in his breast. At that moment, in came his two ugly sisters. given by Star of Russia. <laughs> oh, I'm so beautiful tonight. And I shall be well of Well, you're in the
2: right shape. <laughs> and you go like the clappers. <laughs>
1: sisters prepared to go to the ball. But Dr. Givago was not going to the ball. He thought only of his beloved Lara. Ah, me. He sighed. Ah, me. For Lara had joined the army. Ah! Zhivago missed her and sighed with a passion that burnt him up. Oi, cinders! Yes? Ah. Sooner had the ugly sisters left than a stranger burst into the room. I'm from the BBC and I think this is a pantomime. No, no it isn't. I'm Doctor shivago and I can't go to the ball. Oh, oh it's not a pantomime. Sorry. Oh, silly mistake. What a funny man.
3: No he wasn't. Who are you? <laughs> Who are you,
1: you wrinkled old hag in tattered clothes?
3: I am your fairy godmother. Fear not, Doctor shivago You shall go to the ball.
1: I'm sorry, but that does it. This is definitely a pantomime. No, it's not.
3: You can't have Dr. Shivago without the fairy
1: godmother. Everybody knows yeah. that. Well, I'm not convinced. However, <laughs> I shall let you go on with it. But if you start doing a panto again, I shall stop you. And I can't say fairer than Thomp. <laughs>
2: fairer
1: than Dim. Uh, Father than not uh, Starker. Uh, <laughs> <and> my. <foot. laughs> Of all. <laughs> oh, dear, I can't say further
3: What a funny man.
1: No, he wasn't. Anyway, you shall go to the ball. But I'm a doctor. If I go to the ball, who will look after my patient?
3: Don't worry, I shall
1: take care of that. So saying, she waved her wand over a pink mouse and... Oh. Incredible. That pink mouse is playing the harp.
3: <laughs> but there's more to come. Really? This mouse will take care of your patients.
1: So saying, she waved her wand and the mouse changed into... Uh, good day, Dr. Zhivago, man. We go to the wall, Enjoy yourself, man.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and so
1: Doctor Shibago went to the ball, where he enjoyed himself and one or two other people. But uh, <laughs> then came the moment they would all been waiting for: the arrival of the Tsar. My lord, the leader, the Please silence for their highnesses, the Tsar and Tsarina. again. Ah, P.S. can be. Oh, yes, it was Nicholas II, Tsar of all the Russians, oh. not to be confused with Nicholas Parsons, Tsar of stage screen and radio. Oh. Nicholas addressed his subjects. Hello, have your children joined the project club? Mine have. <laughs> Justin, Amanda. <laughs> Justin, Amanda. Yes, yes, yes daddy. Daddy. Shut up. Not that Nicholas.
3: Nicholas. Let us meet some of our subjects. My wife, the Tsarina, and
2: I <laughs>
1: would like to meet some of my subjects. Chamberlain, announce all those guests who have funny names
2: <laughs>
1: Mr. and Mrs. Opal, and their son, Constantine. feeling this one won't get a laugh, <laughs> and their son, Ivan Orville. <laughs> and that was right. Well, if that's all the people with funny names, sir, let's get over the ball. Wait. <laughs>
3: there is one famous Russian character you have
1: yet to meet. Really? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Who is that small fish sitting on a cushion? The
3: tiddler of the book. Oh! And what's more, I think he's going to sing. Ah, oh, good. Tiddler?
1: Yes, Your Highness. Ah, uh, <laughs> will you sing if I were a rich man? I would, Your Highness, but I'm afraid I can't remember all the words. Well, then uh, sing the words you can remember. Very well. <clears throat> If I were a rich man, (laughs) all day long, I... Uh, If I were a wealthy man, I wouldn't have to work hard. (laughs)
2: If
1: I were a very, very rich, idle... While the Tsar and his courtiers were celebrating, the people of Russia were growing restless. In the streets of Moscow, crowds of peasants gathered, and in one street, a man called Lenin climbed a lamp post to address the crowd.
2: <laughs> I'm Lenin on the lamp post.
1: <laughs> but meanwhile, back at the ball. A messenger brought news that the peasants were revolting. Your Highness, the peasants are revolting. The Tsar was slow to see the implications of his (laughs) words. Peasants.
4: Uh, Revolt.
2: Uh, (laughs) (laughs) They they, they are pretty unpleasant.
1: (laughs) (laughs) He really was slow. But this is serious. Well, it certainly wasn't funny. (laughs) What am I to do? I must seek advice. Where is the Prime Minister of All Russia, Chief Parliamentary Executive, Premier, and Head of State, <laughs> Buttons? Yes, sir. Ah, Buttons. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't know they weren't done. What, what shall I do? Fly, Your Majesty. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> No, we have that one. I must escape at all. Who will help me? At that moment, a great gasp escaped from the crowd. Come back, you great gasp! <laughs> they had seen an omen, for the doors burst open and an old boar dashed into the room. I am Kosov, teller of tales already. <laughs> and I can help you, for I have magical powers. I can send people to sleep for a million years. <laughs> One million years later. Oh, pardon? I have travelled far and wide to distant lands, and I have picked up many things on my travels, but I'm better now. Oh, oh, uh, but uh, how can you want me to escape? I have here a magic lamp. Who will buy this ancient lamp? A magic lamp? It must be a pandemic. Oh, no, no, no it's not a lamp. It's a magic tramp. That's right. I am a magic tramp and not a lamp. Oh, well, that's all right then. Sorry. This magic tramp will give its owner magical powers. <coughs> mm. uh, ah Oh, I see. Then I shall buy it to help the Tsar. Here, will you exchange it for this old cow and a bag of beans? Certainly. So saying, Kossoff turned and left the ballroom, never to be seen again with any luck. And so Dr. Zhivago bought the magic lap tramp. You nearly said lap! Well, well, yes. Yeah, do you know what I think? I think that this is a pantomime disguised as Dr. Zhivago. Sir, I'm going to switch on my BBC pantomime detector. What does that do? It sounds a warning if there is a pantomime imminent. Listen. Hmm? <coughs> hmm? Cinderella. So, now, I'll know if you're really trying to do a panto or not. Right, carry on. The audience is getting bored. Oh, all right. <laughs> so, Dr. Zhivago rubbed his wonderful tramp. Oh, stop it. He rubbed and he rubbed. Get <laughs> off. And then something strange happened. I thumped him. No. The room went suddenly dark. Oh, dear, I'd better light the tramp. Don't you dare me. Oh, I wonder if we're going to see the genie of the lamp.
2: <laughs>
1: no, uh, not the lamp. Uh, the genie of the tramp. Yeah, you know, I always imagined the genie to be a dusky, oriental maiden with slanting eyes and a slightly tanned bosom. Ah, you don't mean... Yes. I dream of a genie with a light brown pair. <laughs> ah, look, the
3: genie. Hello, sailor. Ah!
1: Jeannie, please help the Tsar to escape from Russia. Do it
2: again. All
1: right. Oh, Jeannie, please help the Tsar to escape from Russia.
3: Right. By a lucky chance, I have here two enormous pies. Oh, I thought they were... No. They're pies. Ah. I got them from Simple Simon. Oh, um, um, not from Simple... but From Simple... Rolf. <laughs> Let us put the Tsar into one of these pies and smuggle him out of Russia. But I shall need the assistance of my friend Jack.
1: Where is he?
3: That's Jack over there, talking to that bag of beans. He's always doing that.
1: Talking to a bag of beans? Yes.
3: Surely you know Jack and the beans talk. No! Ah!
2: <laughs> uh-huh.
1: concealed the Tsar in one of the huge pies and tried to smuggle him over the frontier. But they were stopped by a guard.
2: Hey there, you with the Tsar in your
1: pie... (laughs) That was a full frontal drag edition of I'm sorry I read it again. The voices you heard appeared by kind permission of Brooke Taylor, John Cleese, Graham Garden, David Hatch, Joe Kendall, and Bellotti. The script was by Graham Garden and Bellotti. The music was played by Dave Lee and his Walthamstow young conservative syncopators, written by Bilotti and arranged by Leon Cohen. The show was produced by David Hatch and Edward Taylor, and was based on an idea by Edgar Allan Poe. A very bad idea. And so, until we meet again, here is the voice of them all to say Hang on a minute. I'll make a pun. You don't get away with it disease, there, not that. What do you mean? I have evidence that you are guilty of committing a particularly unpleasant pantomime. You must be punished. All right, men?
3: Who are these men eating celery? Are these... <laughs>
1: pantomime disposal unit, a stalwart body of men dedicated to the highest principles of the BBC, the total extermination of entertainment as we know it on this planet. Right, men? Yeah. yeah. Thanks, man. All right, men, carry on. You know what to do. No, we don't. Oh, push. Well, first of all, we paralyse paralyzed their minds by subjecting them to hideous ear seeing high frequency noises. Oh no no not that. Not yeah. that. it on. Hello darling. Hello darling. Where are the children?
2: What <laughs> children. children. Our
1: children darling. Where are they darling? Oh so they've gone away darling. Honestly darling.
3: And they're not hiding in the garage. They didn't set fire to the bedroom. And if they did, I'm sure they didn't mean to in any way darling. I didn't really believe darling. They're oh, not really in the car.
2: Show it show it is. Me, darling.
1: Phase two bore them to tears. This is William Hardcastle with the world at my feet. <laughs> Earlier today, the Prime Minister announced from 10 Downing Street that the price of dominoes would go up by threepence an inch in the new year. <laughs> the National Union of Underwater Nonprofits has threatened to
2: strike.
1: As long as Paris, you are you No,
2: Oh, so boy!
1: And finally, insult their intelligence. Hello, this is J.Y. here, to treat. All right, all right. Two can play that game. We shall fight back. Bring out our ultimate weapon. Oh, no, no, you wouldn't. No, no, please, anything. Anything but that. Here it comes. No, 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 it's, it's too awful even to look at. It's, it's, it's hideous. It's horrible. It's, it's monstrous. It's not! It's me! <laughs> this was the tasteless generation oh it's revolting no need to go on we got the laugh. lady constance <laughs> lady constance please spare me come to me you gorgeous hunk of masculinity leave me alone i'm nothing special i'm just a man yes and only just but i i don't care we were made for each other and very badly made right down shorty wait a minute lady constance hmm Pantomime, it's all falling into place. So yes, it is. You're a pantomime, Dave. You're a man dressed up as a woman. No, I'm not. Two men dressed up as a woman? No, yes.
2: <laughs>
1: What a lovely idea. So,
3: Box, but I forgive you. Now
1: hang on. No, yes, thank you. <laughs> With you, I could rarely swing. You're already swinging. Yes, I am. <laughs> anyway, I
3: don't care. You can say what you
1: like. Thank you. I like curried hardwarks. <laughs> Kitten, sweetened, sweet and sour, shetland, tony.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> ah, I could cuddle you when you're angry. I'm not angry. Wait till I cuddle you. <laughs> right. Now I'm angry. I've had enough. <laughs> I shall continue with your punishment. <laughs> Bring on the petticoat line. No, no,
2: wait.
3: This is no way to behave. Can't you just forgive and forget? This is the time for us all to make a fresh start. We should put aside the petty squabbles of the past and step out together bravely to face the future.
1: We should all be friends. She's right, she's right. Don't send us away. No, don't, no, don't. I I won't, I I won't. Let us go on. We never did anyone any harm. Please, let us go on. Yes, do, yes, do. I will, I, I will. Forgive, forgive us.
2: Forgive her. No! Oh. No. Oh, that's so goodbye. They're goodbye. But who knows? Perhaps one day. Oh, we'll oh,